I got my miracle. 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 This is the place for miracles. Okay, I want you to turn in your Bibles to the seventh chapter of the book of Matthew, and you don't have to stay there long. We're going to kind of swing into the eighth chapter, ninth chapter. I just want to show you kind of a little sweep of an overview of something. And by the time we get to the 14th chapter, I want to ask you a question about how weird is that? Okay, so if you go in the seventh chapter and we're looking about the, the words of Jesus, in fact, much of, in fact, let's go back, the sixth chapter, talking all about Jesus' words written in red. So written in red, Jesus is walking through, talking to his disciples, talking to people, teaching people, and he's bringing forth the word of God. And then you start seeing all the miracles and you get into like the eighth chapter, Jesus heals the leper. You get into the Roman centurion's faith and then you go Jesus healing Peter's mother-in-law. These are the kind of subheadings in my Bible. And then over here it says Jesus calms the winds in the sea. And then this one says Jesus healing a man with palsy. This says about uh, fasting. This one talks about the healing of a ruler's daughter, Jairus's daughter. Her name was Talitha and Jesus began to speak and she was healed. Okay, then you go on and you continue and it talks about sight and speech restored. This one says um, instructions to disciple. Then it goes about and it continues on about questioning Jesus, talking to Jesus, receiving from Jesus, watching the miracles of Jesus. Keep on going, 11th chapter. You go through that, you go through the 12th chapter, the family of Jesus, the signs of the prophet, the weeds and the tares. Get into the mustard seed. You go right on into how Jesus is making explanation of what he's talking about. When Jesus talks in parables, I think it's really cool because he compares so much of natural things in the earth that makes so much sense to people. And then he relates it to spiritual things. So then you go on and you talk about the 14th chapter, and we're going to go the 14th chapter. Let's go around the 22nd verse. And it says, Jesus walks on water. Okay. So here you have this consistency. Here you have this uh, continuity of how Jesus behaves. Um, I see so much in the Bible that I love so much how um, it's always a constant. I, I know that people who know me very well, know how much I love to study math and I do math games and math brain games and think, I just think they're fun. Why? Because ever since I was a child, I understood that there is a continuity in math. Two plus two will always equal four. It's the same all the time. It doesn't change. Tomorrow it's not going to be seven and the next day five. It's very consistent. It's very precise and it doesn't change. And I love things that are consistent. The Bible is consistent. So the reason I took you back to the 7th and 8th and 9th and 10th and 11th and 12th and 13th chapter of Matthew was to show you this timeline of consistency of Jesus throughout the Bible. Now, if you want to walk all the way through, you see Jesus as healing and bringing wholeness. My peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Um, nothing missing, nothing broken, the peace of God, Jesus as the Prince of Peace. All of those words are consistent. Jesus came about doing good, healing all those who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Okay, so we're looking at this. For this purpose, the Son of God was made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. Healing, consistent. So you jump over into the 22nd verse, and here we have Peter. Now, Peter is, <laughs> Peter has to be a character. I can't wait to spend some time with him in heaven. So we go up 
when we get there. So we go up and we look at Jesus and he's talking to his disciples. And all of a the sudden they realize there's something out in the water. And they looked up and they, they said, on the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to unto them, walking on the sea. I'm in the 14th chapter in the 26th verse. And it says, and when the disciples saw him walking out on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a spirit. And they cried out for fear. They thought it was a ghost, so to speak. They didn't know what was going on, but they had not seen people walk on water. So surely this had to be a ghost. And so it says, straightway, Jesus spoke to them and said, be of good cheer. It is I. Don't be afraid. Peter answered. <laughs> I don't want to misread this and I don't want to mislead this, but I have a, a, I have a thought that Peter was a character because immediately Peter says, well, if it is you, Lord, bid me to come on the water. If it's you, Lord, let me walk. Okay, if you can walk on water, so can I. I just get such a chuckle out of Peter and his boldness because of the consistency of Jesus. Could it be that when he recognized it was Jesus, if Jesus can walk on water and I'm hooked up to Jesus, then I can walk on water too. And Jesus said, okay, come on, come on. And he does, and he walks out on water, and Peter's walking on water with Jesus. Now, Jesus, of course, is the Son of God, but Peter is Peter. He's a guy, and he is walking on water. Why? I think because he had done this in the other chapters with such consistency of Jesus. He saw the character and the nature and the power and the presence of God through Jesus, and he figures, this is Jesus. He'll take care of me. So all of the sudden, it's just going great. And Peter gets out of the boat, walks over to Jesus and walks on water until. Now you got to know that was the 29th verse and I'm just going to go to the 30th verse. So I'm saying like one breath later, he said this, come out and Peter came out of the ship and he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Next statement. But when he saw the winds boisterous, he was afraid. When he saw the storm, when he saw trouble, all of the sudden, the nature, the consistency, the characteristic, the miracles, the consistency of Jesus and his divine healing power went straight out the window and he became afraid. Why? Because all of a sudden, instead of having his eyes fashioned, fixed, focused on Jesus, all of a sudden it says he turned. He had to take his eyes off of Jesus and the character and the nature and the miraculous healing power of Jesus. And he had to turn and look at the storm. Why? Why, when you're walking on water with Jesus himself, would Peter do something as goofy is take his eyes off Jesus and look at the storm. He knew Jesus. In fact, he trusted him so much, he said, if you're Jesus, tell me to come walk on water and we'll both be walking on water. And they did. Why would Peter allow the devil, the trouble, the storm, the episode, the badness, the scary stuff to be so big in his life that he took his eyes off of Jesus and he focused on the storm. And here's another word. This is what I think is interesting. It says, and I've looked at this in a lot of different places, but this word is usually right in the forefront. It says immediately, immediately, immediately. It says he sank. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand. 
Okay, so there's a lot of cool things to look at this. First of all, Peter had so much trust in Jesus that he said, okay, okay, I believe you can walk on water and I'm going to prove that I believe in you so much that if you can walk on water and you are the Christ and the son of the living God, you can make me walk on water too. And he did. He had so much faith in God and so much faith in Jesus that when Jesus said, okay, get out of the boat, he did. And they walked on water. Peter, a guy, just a guy, walked on water. And then in the middle of all of that wonderfulness, all of that divineness, all of that miraculousness, he decides to make a conscious decision to stop looking at Jesus and start paying attention to the storm. I always say this, it's like a camera. What do you get when you use a camera? What you focus on will develop. He stopped focusing on the Savior, he turned, he began to focus on the storm, and he fell. Now this is the other cool thing about it. It says immediately, straightway, immediately, Jesus grabbed him and saved him. It says right here, and Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. But he didn't just catch him and say, whew, that was a close one, whew, wow. No, no, lesson to be learned. Oh, you of little faith, wherefore did you doubt? I'll catch you, and I love you, and I'll save you, but let's talk. Have you ever said to your kids, I love you, I adore you, but let's talk? I know this is not trying to reduce Jesus to my chihuahua, but I want to talk a little bit about this. Sometimes if we get into a position where we don't do everything that everybody expect, expects us to do, we're haters. Well, let me tell you, Jesus didn't hate Peter but he gave him a little bit of instruction. Instruction is not hate. Instruction is to hold you in. In fact, the, the Bible says whom the Lord loves, he chastens, he corrects. It actually means he redirects as if to avoid a train wreck. I think the reason God chastens or corrects and redirects us is so that we don't have a disaster following. My little chihuahua, um, when she was, she's 10 years old now, but when she was a little tiny pup, would make a mess. You can figure out exactly what I'm talking about. It doesn't mean I hate her. I'm not a hater when I corrected her and tried to get her to potty outside rather than inside, not because I'm a hater, but for everybody concerned, it's the better way to work it out. Jesus was saying for every, everybody concerned here, let's follow the rules. Let's go back to basics. Let's take some instruction here. He saved him. He stretched forth his arm immediately. It says immediately, immediately stretched forth his hand. And he caught him and he said unto him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Okay, let's get back to basics. Peter, take your eyes off the storm. Get your eyes back on the Savior. Let's get out of fear and let's get back into faith because the two cannot coexist in the situation. So here's the deal. If you want to be with me, we're going to have to talk about faith. If you want to talk about the storm, you're getting into fear. Choose this day whom you'll serve. And he gets Peter redirected and gets him back on a pattern of faith. Why? Because he's a hater? No, but because he loved him so much. He wanted the just to live by faith, by faith through faith in faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So see, Jesus was redirecting him. And I wanna say this to you today. Go back and read Matthew 14, around the 22nd verse, and see if there's something that you might've kind of fallen into fear and you really kind of redirect yourself back into faith. Ask Father God through the name of Jesus to kind of redirect you back into faith. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Place for Miracles podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, call our Abundant Life Prayer Group at 918-495-7777 or go to oralroberts.com prayer. Our website also features uplifting articles, online Bible classes, books, and other resources to help build your faith in God. If you'd like to support the outreaches of the Oral Roberts Ministries, please go online to oralroberts.com to make your donation today.